you come inside, you won't need it no more. This is no hour of make-believe. Open your mind and you will see the real, the real. Everybody now can live a lie. Take it as the word you This is no hour of make-believe, open your heart and you will see the real, the real. You can leave your ego at the door. Come inside, you won't need it no more. This is no hour of make-believe. Open your mind and you will see the real, the real. Everybody now can live a
Good morning, good morning, good morning, good afternoon. Hey, 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 hey. And welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. I am E5 Bill. Grab a seat, cop a squat, get a chair, get a pillow, get a blanket. Hell, sit right here on the stoop. Get you something to drink, something cold, something hot. Get you some sweet tea. You know, hey, it's 3 o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. I always do the reading of the week every Monday, right? Not to say, well, this person got to do this. Just the energy that is surrounding the week. Like, is there lessons that I need to look forward to? Is there some challenges or some obstacles? I do it every week. I do it on Mondays and I do it on Fridays. Monday, I do really personally for me, but just to share of the energy of the week. Friday, I do it for my Patreon. Right? For those that are in my village. And if you want to sign up for my Patreon, you got $3, $5, $10, $20. Right? Those are the levels. And I know, I normally don't talk about my Patreon, but new wave. New wave. And guess what? I've been blogging. It has been helping me as I go through this healing. Like... I had surgery. I had surgery on my neck. And I tell everyone, make sure you take care of your health. So when you get older, it doesn't become harder. I know we want to party. We want to get out there. But we also need to exercise, drink water, walk. You know, not only your mind and your spiritual, but your body in itself. And, you know, I was telling a sister, hey, I am going to start you know, changing and losing weight and eating healthy. A lot of sisters got mad at me, Uh, you know, before I get to the conversation. But a lot of sisters got mad at me. They got mad at me. It was like, oh, how could somebody fat shame you? So let me tell you what I asked. I asked a sister that's already established. She has written books. She has been on tours. She has taught. Like, she's always, she's already there. So... I don't have a problem getting constructive criticism from those that are already there. They have surpassed everything else, and they're already where I'm trying to get to. I stop hanging around people that are saying, I'm going to do, or I might do, or hopefully next year. No, I started hanging around people that are already accomplished or already superseded what it is that I'm trying to do. If you're trying to get into movies, hang around people that are already doing shows and movies and parts. If you're trying to write a book, hang around established authors or people that already put their books out there and their sales are are slowly, you know, going because they already went through your, they already been through your process. If you're hanging around spiritualists, get those people that's already out there that already done paved their way. These are the ones that should mentor you. Not the people that's, oh, yeah, I might do it. No, 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 no. If you're the smartest person in your group, it's time for you a new group. If you are the only person that's getting up, grinding every day, and everybody else saying, oh, not today. Oh, my man came over. Oh, the kids got him out. Oh, I can't. Oh, I don't feel. No, I I don't hang around those people because they got more excuses And the hardest part is starting and being consistent and persistent to go through and still get up and do, even when you know you're tired, shit is crazy, 
But you know you got to get this through so you can get to the other end. So I hang around those people. I'm not hanging around the people that maybe once every beginning of the month you'll see them posting or every so often you'll see them, you know. But once they get a man or they get a job or they get something, maybe a reading that they done made maybe $100, you don't see them no more. I don't mess with those people. Those people, seriously, say what you want. I call them bottom feeder. Yeah, oh, you really got into spirituality because you wanted a man. Knowing that you being where you are puts you in a place so you can do that. How do you get rid of the person that invited you? If you're in spirituality, it's not for a date now. But a lot of people do that. Same way as Christians. No shade. It's in every religion. Real talk. Um, they they pray and then God give them a man and they forget about God in the church. Girl, I ain't going to be bothered with the church. Such and such was trying to look at my man. Girl, they're trying to figure out what kind of goddamn roller coaster you on. And then when the man dog them out or it don't, it don't be right, now they coming back. Oh, I can't stand all men. Stop. Stop. So those people, I don't, I don't, I don't mess with them. But anyway, I asked them for some constructive criticism. And I was like, you know, cause when you say that sentence, I hope you stand by it, man, I do anything, you know, just tell me what to do. She said, yo, D. So, you know, if they calling me D, then they know me, know me. She said, yo, lose a couple of pounds, real talk. And you know, fix your mouth, make sure your teeth and everything are done because you're going to do a lot of smiling. You know, you already got down the hair, the nails, you know, the clothing. You're not dressing all scantilous or nothing. So I get that. But I need you to focus on your health. Start, start eating right, you know. Get that in order. So I was telling them. And, man, they was in their feelings. How can somebody, that's body shame. You know, you can't be doing that. When you are out here, right, I, I use my brother Inf as an example, too. When you're out here and you're striving to put books out or you wanting to be in the movies or you're trying to get a TV spot, Nobody, because now you're a brand that people are investing in. I'm investing in you. So you got to do your part. If you need to learn how to speak, you know, taking speech classes, improving your vernacular, whatever it is, I'm investing in you. The last thing I need for you to do is, oh, I can't, I'm tired, oh, I'm sick, um, this no, no, I invested in a brand now. You become a brand, so I need you to show me so I can get my, my money back. You know what I'm saying? I can get that return because I invested in you, I believed in you. You said you can do A, B, and C. I put my money up, let's see, and it's only right. So when you know that if you're not used to walking four blocks and your body is not trained for that, and now I'm investing in you to walk this four blocks because you're telling me whatever it takes you're going to do, now it's time for you to show up. 
Now you can't. You got cramps. You can't. You're sick. Oh, you dehydrated. Oh, you're overweight. You're, you're not fit. Your health. I understand. I, the worst thing I'm going to say is, oh, well, because she's big. I was 380 pounds. But guess what? I can move. I can move. I would take them damn subway stairs. I was on the treadmill. Like, I would get up 5 in the morning, me and Tank. We would get out there and exercise and run around the park. So if I was big, I was still able to keep up. So, and I didn't wear frumpy, flousy clothes. I didn't wear things that was too small. No, no. So my self-esteem, everything else was at an all-time high. But I'm telling you, you have to make sure your health is in order. Because once you start getting in your 50s and 60s, it's hard. You have to work triple time. And it's not easy. So let's start doing it now. Now. Drink water. Take vitamins with minerals. You know, go to the doctor. Get blood work. Get your eyes checked, your ears, your nose, your throat. Get all of that done. Get it done. While now is the time the world is still on an axis, you know, it's still on. Uh, we might all be outside, but eh, wait. We still got this coming and up, this is here. So make sure, make sure, make sure, okay, that you are really taking taking authority over your health. Because I've seen people that have a shitload of money and they're walking around with an oxygen tank because they help. And they'll tell you. Man, I'd give anything to get my health back. When they had the chance. Hey, you eat all that pork. Hey, you eat all that, that those carbs. Hey, you know, let's go for a walk. Oh, I'm not walking. I have money. And now that money served no purpose at all. For real. When I've personally seen wealth is health. For real. Don't get it twisted. I'm really explaining that to y'all. I, I don't want y'all to get a, a life and death sentence. Then you want to start taking care of your health. Do it beforehand, for real. Seriously. I can't stress that enough. Anyway, so the energy of the week is, and it fit. We carry like so many burdens, even of our ancestors. And when I say that, like, you know, I was in the car with my granddaughter and my daughter, right? And we were talking about this. And the Uber driver, <clears throat> how many families do you know that will go food shopping and then turn around and go out and eat? I always thought that was the most stupidest shit I've ever seen, right? And the reason why, I hung out with this cool white girl, right, when I was in junior high school. They would literally go shopping, not food shopping at black people. Black people, we got nine fucking strollers or, or buggies, shopping carts full of food, falling over, and we'll go 
and get something to eat. And the first thing we say is, oh, girl, I, I brought all this food, but I ain't cooking. So I got to put it up. Mm-mm, let's pull up at the drive-thru or go and sit down somewhere and eat. Then why we got all this goddamn food, right? That's how I always used to think of it. So I was with, you know, chilling out with my wife friend, right? My wife, good, good girlfriend. I love her. And um, her mom and them, they would go. You know, look like grocery shopping. When I say light, it's like cheese, she's going to get her wine. Her mom's always had wine. And whatever little health snacks for us. And majority of times, she'll buy the ingredients and she'll cook. Like, they were the most baconist family I've ever seen. They will bake cookies, uh, banana nut bread. Like, she was always baking. And they'll go home. We'll put the stuff up, you know, and... She'll say, you know, y'all wash your hands and there's some cookies or there's some banana loaf bread in there. Make y'all a little snack. And if y'all want some almond milk or hemp milk or, you know, because they were, they were vegetarians, right? Not once did they ever go shopping and then go get something to eat. They'll go to restaurants when if Uncle Uncle whoever had a job promotion or someone was getting married or someone was having a baby or, you know, the family would come together and they'll pick some restaurant where everybody would come in and, you know, the kids, it has to be child friendly and, you know, that way everybody can eat something off the menu and there was never no, oh, I, I'm not coming. So they all celebrated, came together, right? So I, I hung with them. Now, I remember saying, hey, you know, one day when she had went food shopping, right, light shopping, she, we went, and I said, and they was at the farmer's market and stuff, and I said, you know, it's crazy, because I'm waiting for us to go out to eat, and she's like, we have all these groceries here, and I'm like, yeah, but, you know, my mom and all of them, that's what they always do, she's like, why, then why go grocery shopping, so it had to make sense to me, right, so we're in the car now. I used to do it because when I lived down in Atlanta, got y'all, all of us, we'd go food shopping. They'd be like, oh, we ain't cooking. Come on, girl, let's go and get something to eat. And I'd be like, well, we got all this food. So I adapted, right? Okay. We're in the car. Now, my daughters and them do this. We're in the car, right? We had just left Aldi's. You know, we got all our stuff. And my granddaughter goes, so where are we going to eat? And I was like, well, why are we going to eat when we have... We just finished going shopping. She was like, because that's what we normally do. And I said, no, no. Do I do that? She was like, no. I said, your mommy do that. So I'm sitting there, I'm talking to my, now my granddaughter's seven. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my daughter. And I said, God bless the dad, my ex-husband. He was like, he used to always say that. Like, why are we going food? Why are we, we going food shopping why are we going to get something to eat when we can go home and cook? Like, you know, and hence why I go food shopping in the in the AM. All right? I go food shopping in the AM. I am not that person that like to go food shopping at night. For what? Right? So I would go food shopping in the AM. And I, before I didn't make a list. And I remember when me and Craig, we lived in Atlanta. And we had maybe about nine jars of Kool-Aid. He was like, 
why do we have a school? Like, I said, I thought we didn't have enough. <coughs> he said, yo, let's start making a list before we go. So a lot of stuff we learned through trial and error, right? But anyway, that's not the problem. Carrying the burdens of of tradition, of ancestors, of our forefathers, of what our parents did. And it's really hurting us because it's like, what are you, what are you doing, right? Let's just say you go food shopping, you spend $300 on groceries. Why would you then go and go out to eat? Now you're going to spend another, if you got more than one child, you are going to spend maybe a good $100 to 150 of going out to eat. Why spend that money when you already spent $300 to get groceries? Make it make sense. That is like the deepest of poverty mind state that I've ever seen. For real. And we are teaching our children, our grandchildren, we're teaching the next generation, oh, well, put that food up, but we, I'm not cooking. So then why did you go get it? Like, for real, right? Make it make sense. It has to make sense, right? So when I sat there and I explained it, I said, no, when we get home, right? Because I already cooked. I said, I already made shrimp with truffle butter and I, I, I don't need to, to go out and eat. There's food at home. My granddaughter looked at me like it was farming. And my daughter was like, but my, you know, like what if I didn't want to cook? Then why go grocery shopping? I was like, make it make sense. I said, for real, right? So the the Uber driver, he's listening and he's shaking his head like, you know, because these are the things that we do without knowingly. And then we complain about how we don't have no money and stuff is so high. And, you know, here I have a bill. But you just wasted damn near $500 in one day when you didn't have to. What's wrong with going home cooking, right? So, the energy of the week is carrying or continuing those toxic traits or those burdens that you're carrying, which is not yours. They are not for you to keep doing because instead of it progressing you, it's pushing you back. Another example. We will... We will, right? And I understand. I get it. Every store you go to, it's beautiful to look, but you don't have to buy something from every store. And I'll give you an example. Me and my daughter, Didi, we was out in the um, mall, right? So I was walking in stores, and it was some nice things, but it was nothing that I needed to, nothing in there I needed to buy. I have two feet. I don't need 90 pairs of shoes. Where am I going? What's the use? And I love it when John Mason said it. What's the use of having 50 chairs and you only got one ass? What's the use of you having 90 pairs of shoes and you only got two feet? Where you going? Especially if you know you're not going anywhere. Not all the time. So where are you going? Unless you're buying them as an investment like they do with Jordans and stuff. And then you resell them. Now, okay, we making some money. But if you're not and you just have them in your closet... For what? So we're in the store. We leave out one store. My daughter brought something. I said, okay. She said, what you buy? I said, nothing. Wasn't nothing in there I needed. So then we go into another store. She buys something. 
And she's like, what did you buy? I said, nothing. It's nothing. Here. She said, you're cheap. I said, no, it's, I'm not. I don't need a coat. I have a coat. I don't need a scarf. I have scarves. I got um, mittens in, in my house. I don't need anything else added in my house. I have a laptop. I got an iPad. I got a cell phone. So I got ear pods. What more do I need? Why am I sitting here? It's cute. Wow, that's cute. Okay. But there's nothing in here I really need. Oh, I'm not a window shopper. I said, okay. Now we go into a shoe store, right? And she's like, oh my God, I need sneakers. I said, didn't you just buy sneakers? Yeah, but I need these. Oh my God, this goes with my coat. I have yet to see my daughter in these sneakers. Real talk, right? And she brought them last year. I've yet to see her in the sneakers. You know why? Because it was snowing. She's been wearing those regular boots she had. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, oh, well, I'm not like you now. I'm very picky when it comes to sneakers, right? I love five fingers. I love it with my toes being separate. I love it. It's great for my back. I love those sneakers. I have three pair, right? Two I had for two years and another one, which is all white, I brought right? I know I can't wear them in the winter because I went to Target. They had some boots on sale for $15. Snow boots. I brought those. And I brought them a size bigger because I always wear thick socks. So those boots can last me for three or four years. And I still have my boots when I was a Yawo or white. I am going to get buried in those boots because I paid a grip for them. So if I pay $100 for some boots, I'm going to wear them like Tiffany Haddish all the time, right? So, she brought the sneakers, yet to wear them, right? Then we go into another store, Marshalls. She is buying shirts and all that. Now, mind you, she's working a clothing store. And she's in there, and she's buying and buying and buying. And I'm looking at her, and she's like, well, you don't want nothing? I said, no, for what? I got clothes at home. I was like, what? So she has all these clothes, right? We got all these bags. I have one bag. One bag. You know what I brought? Candles for when I light to my eggs, right? Real talk. So now she gets home. She's got all the stuff. Okay, okay, okay. Her light bill comes. Now she got to pay this light bill. And now she got to get to work. Ma, can you do me a favor? What? Can you pay for my Uber so I can get to work? I said, I'm not. I'm not. Again, doing those things that you know are detrimental, that it's not your burden. Now, I've growing up, right? I'm 50-something years old. Growing up, my mother and them, whichever store they were going, it was more like a competition. My mother, my aunt, Miss Charlene, all of them, whatever store they go into, they all have to come out with something. And somebody always got to pay the most, right? Whether they can afford it, whether they need it or not, every store they went in, they had to come out with something. We had no lights in the summer. We had... Uh, no gas in the in the winter in the summer. Winter time is against the law, right? Happy that rule came out. That law came out, and I'm like sitting there. Do she need this? My mother had dresses even when she died. The stud, the tag on them that she even never wore. 
And I'm sitting here like, wow, again, adding those burdens, those things that you know is hurting you instead of helping you. And Egon is trying to show you, the ancestors are trying to show you that you don't have to do that. They did that. Learn from their mistakes and move forward. The same way. In my family, we live by this thing called fight or flight, right? So we don't talk. There's no such thing as a conversation. No, God forbid. Either I'm going to fight you or I'm never going to talk to you and I'm, a, I'm just going to erase you from my life. There's no solutions. There's no conversations. There's no accountability, right? It's always what you did. Never what... Well, what part did you play in this holding yourself accountable? My family is not known for that. So when me and my brother and my cousin was having a disagreement, my brother shut down. And I said, hold on, wait, stop. No, no, no. We're not doing the fight or flight. Um, What happened? And he, you know, my brother started talking and then my cousin. And I said, listen, at the end of the day, we all were wrong because of lack of communication. We assumed or we just thought making a full story in our head without asking the other party. How do you feel? Is this what happened? Listening from the horse's mouth instead of because, you know, my family, they make up a whole, they think for you. Like you don't have a brain. In other words, you'll say, hey, y'all, we're all going to church Sunday. My brother will sit, will literally sit there and be like, oh, I know they ain't going to watch. They're going to call me and they're not going to go. Instead of calling and confirming, I'm a big person on confirming. Hey, are we still on for tomorrow, right? My brother doesn't do that. So he'll just make up the story in his head like, oh, they ain't coming. I'm not even going to be there. And we'll not be there to pick you up. So because I notice about him, I will make sure I have cab fare, the address. I'm still going to confirm with him, hey, we're still meeting at tomorrow. He won't even answer his phone because he already made up the story in his head that no one's coming. Now, when we all show up, oh, wow, this must be new because I just knew you wasn't coming. And I sit there and be like, how did the story in your head end? Because that's not what is in reality. You know, now he's learning slowly, but he's learning, right? My cousin has this fight or flight as well. She too will make a whole story in her head and will stick to that story. They make it so well that they believe it. It becomes a reality for them. And it's sad because I'm like, who disappointed you in your life that now you have to think for two people and make a whole scenario when it's not the truth? But because we refuse to... Because that's how my mother didn't work. Because they refused to sit down and have a conversation, right? Because somewhere in their head, oh, they're going to disappoint me. They're not going to think like I am. Well, you're right. I'm not. I'm human. I come with my own experience, my own way of seeing things from my perspective. But it doesn't mean that I don't love you. It doesn't mean that I'm not here for you. But you're not, I'm not you. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to micromanage me. I am here. Hi. So my family is slowly learning, right? And it's hard because they're so used to it. Also, they have this, like I said, fight or flight. And they have this me, 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 right? Well, what about me? 
What about me? So the sad part is when you limit yourself to just those that are around you that only think like you, there's no growth, right? So I've always hung out with everybody else. So to see the world from a different perspective, well, you can write in my family group chat like, hey, y'all, I'm writing a book. Guarantee you my brother or somebody is going to say, well, you know, I, I, am, I am going to be speaking here. No, that's great. Oh, that's beautiful. Let, allow me to, you know, congratulate you. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I've been doing this, you know, and I've been, okay, all right. And somebody else will come in and say, hey, it's my daughter's birthday. Well, my birthday was last year. They will not celebrate anyone. It has to always be on them. No matter what, whatever you did, if you say, hey, I did the whole, somebody in my family, well, yesterday I did 12 holes. Oh, for real? You have pictures? Because here's my picture. Oh, I didn't take pictures. Yeah. They always have to outdo the next person. Because it's like, like the elders, when, and I'm, I'm a strong believer of this in my family. I can't speak of anybody else's family. They never hold a title. But when they do get a title, they never want to let it go. So let's just say you're only a president for four years, correct? In my family, if you become the president, you're a president until you die. Like, well, you trained the next generation. Now move. No, 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 no. So they're, no, they're, they're not used to being honored, appreciated. So when they do get it, they don't want it to leave because they never had it. So instead of them sharing the spotlight or saying, okay, I trained you to do it. Let me move to the side. No, they will micromanage the shit out of you. If you listen. I always say I didn't like making coffee for my family. So I would make it so horrible that they won't ask me. And I'm happy with that because they're right when they show you how to make it, they're still going to stand over you. Well, you're not putting enough water. You're not pressing. No, you got to press that button. No, no, no. Listen, you pour the, the coffee in there. You pour the fucking water in the machine. You press the button. Bow. It does itself. No, no, no. You have to pour it on the angle. This side. And is the water getting in there? Yeah, then what's the problem? So all the time, I wouldn't put no water in it, or I'd put too much water, or I'd put, I'd put tea instead of coffee. Like, I would literally sit there and open up tea bags and put it in there. Because no matter what, they're still going to micromanage you. So if I do it fucked up, and they'll say, oh, she can't make coffee. That's right. No, and damn well, I can. But you're not going to stand over me and tell me, Oh, you got to turn the angle this way. No, no. You got to pour the water like you're counting. No, I, I can't make this up. Like, you got to do it like this. One, two, then pour. One, two, then pour. Why, is the machine broke? No. Then just pour the shit in there. No, no. Because the way you pour it. And you be sitting there saying, are you fucking serious? But that's how. Because they're so used to not having attention that once they get it, they, they're never giving it up. So... You know, I always, when now in the family group chat, if, if somebody posts, I say, oh, it's their day. Let's honor them. Let's honor them. It's not about anybody else. Y'all all have your chance to shine. It's about them. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, do I get side emails and stuff like, oh, my God, I just want to share it. Look, I understand that you had your chance. It's about them now. Let's celebrate them. It's nothing wrong with you in the spotlight. So then they go, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. But then they'll go into the chat, real talk, and still say, well, even though y'all didn't understand me, um, I, I did this today on my job. 
And I'll just put up hand claps because after a while, it's really, they have to see it for themselves. But anyway, again, the energy of the week is not repeating the same cycles that you know was traumatizing back there. Don't add it now. The same way, you know how you have those uncles and aunts, right? Because it's both. The aunt that messed with all the young boys and the uncle that got to touch the young little girls. We make our children, well, they're still coming, but put more clothes on. No, how about not inviting them? How about putting their asses in jail? How about pressing charges? Why do we still have to have our kids be traumatized because uncle, whoever, and auntie can't keep her fucking nose clean? We got to put up with that and make our children uncomfortable. No, 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 but we do it. And it's sad. But you know what? We'll pinpoint everybody else. Oh, that's fucked up. You're touching those kids. But here it is your uncle and your aunt fucking around with these young ass goddamn kids, and you act like you can't see it. I love it. My godfather once said, <clears throat> he said, don't speak about nothing if you're not going to get on the same people that are around you. He said, because then it makes it seem like you're phony. And I had to really check myself. Real talk. I can't go out and speak about dudes and females touching yawoses and looking at them sexually unless I'm going to go and talk about the shit that I've seen in my own elays and stuff. So I can't do that. I can't. I, that would be really fake of me. I, I can't. Just, you know, random. Nah, nah. And it happens. It happens with the bullying and the sexual advances and all of that. Sexual abuse, the all, all of that, all of that, the traumatizing things, it goes on. Again, not carrying these burdens and these traumas into the next generation. I would love to see a generation that don't need therapy, that don't need to dim their light or hover and, and be scared or scared to show who they are and live beyond their potential and be their authentic selves and not have to be like the person that's mentoring them. Why do we have to erase people and try to build them as an image of us? We're not God. That's only in the Bible. They ain't have shit to do with man. I'm going to make you in my own image. Like, no, no. I'm Ifa Bayo. I ain't trying to be nobody else. AKA Donna. You know, because people will be like, well, I'm calling her Donna. You can. I'm an answer. I'm not a character, boo. I'm not an actress. I, I know who I am. Ifa Bayo is my Ifa name. And I love it. And I hold it with honor the same way as I love the name Donna. My mother and them, they gave it to me. So why wouldn't I hold both? Both is true. Two things can be true. So why would I dim my light with that? It's crazy. You know, like, oh, don't call me that. No, I'm, as long as you're respectful, okay. But people always want to challenge to see if she going to answer me because I ain't calling her that. That's okay, baby. It's okay. I'm not the one with the problem. See? So, and you'll notice that while you're healing, you're going to come against a lot of people because they only see you 
as when you were back then. A lot of people don't want you to grow. A lot of people don't want you to evolve. A lot of people don't want you to, they love it while you're down and dirty or you deal with them. Now, once you start surpassing them, now you're a problem because now you're no longer my day one. You're my competition. And that's crazy because there's always room at the table. It's always. But so, like I said, so many people have never been, and you can tell by their actions, not their words, their actions. So many people are not used to receiving accolades, love, none of that, support, that once they get it, they will bully everyone else because they don't want to lose it. And you're like, wow. You know, there's a saying, up today, down tomorrow, right? And it's true. The old folks would always say that. Oh, they, they hot today, tomorrow. They might not be shit. And it's true. That's why you cannot base everything you have on the outcome of someone else. You have to know who you are. You have to know what it is that you love to do with a passion. You be, the world can say no. You got to have that yes in your soul, right? When the world told me, no, you can't write. You can't do this. You can't do that. I did it. And I did it twice so they could see it. But I didn't do it for them. I did it because it's the calling. And I love it. I love it. I appreciate it. So... <clears throat> I'm not going to ever tell nobody like, hey, you know, tomorrow is February 14th. That's the day Hudu Sin Mose passed away, right? Oh, it's going to be all kinds of, of people giving stories and all of that. And all of them can be true. I'm not going to sit there and say, no, it's not true. You know why? Because Sin had relationships with everyone. Everyone Sin had relationships with. And when I say relationship, I'm talking about friendships. Different, I mean, everybody. Everybody. So, and, you know, what was crazy to me is that all these people that um, would say, oh, well, he gossiped about her. He talk- Well, if he said that about you, imagine what he said about you to other people. So don't get it twisted. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, he didn't gossip. Yes, he did. Yes, he did with that red cup. He'll tell you a story about somebody. And I know I got a thousand running around. And guess what? The same way there's a thousand running around about me, there's a thousand running around about everybody else. That's just who he was. But I also know that his life was an example because he died on the day of love. He did. He died February 14th. Love. Love, something that he cherished and something he wanted. Something he wanted beyond a shadow of a doubt. He loved love. He loved what love gave. He loved what love exuberated. He loved love, for real. And he lived his life accordingly. Do you know it was so many people that kept on saying, oh, a sin needs to leave New Orleans. I was like, when sin came to New Orleans, he loved New Orleans. It was love to him. How my family loves New Orleans, Louisiana. Anything that had something to do with love, you can tell the way this man lived. He would find anyone and pour so much love into them. And I always used to say, a person that's like that, they know what love is. But they hunger for it. 
They don't get it from everyone else. You ever heard that saying, you know, that you can help everybody else, but when it's time for them to help you, they close their doors, turn off the lights and all of that. So many people can tell you what sin gave them. And he did. He gave a lot of people a lot of things. But the one thing that he wanted came with a price from all of us. Real talk. Real talk. He wanted just authentic love. Just love. And he died on the day that exuberated that. We all break our necks for Valentine's. To get a love, to want to be loved, to love ourselves, all of that. And he's the example of it, of what love really was. The only sad part is the thing between givers and takers. He gave so much. Took so little, but he gave so much. That we just took whatever. See, givers have to learn to set boundaries. Because if not, takers will drain you dry. So, yeah. Yeah, by all means. And I'm great that we did have a friendship. I'm great that I met him. I'm great that if he needed me, then we can talk. I'm great for that. I am. I'm great for that. I'm grateful that the example of his life was beautiful. It really was. No lie. It really was. That he gave everyone their start, or he had a part somewhere in it. He did. But, you know, I learned this lesson from 50 Cent and watching him. And I, I, you'll always hear me say it. And I'm happy that I did it, you know, and that I, I had the chance to experience it. 50 Cent knew that rapping was going to bring him into the room with everybody else, right? Rapping brought him there. But he also knew he had to evolve to something else and to stay in the room. Because let's just say, I'm reading cards. Reading cards bring me to a lot of places that I know I wouldn't have never been able to get into, right? But while I was in that room, I noticed that I'm not going to always be able to read cards. First of all, you got young ones coming in, new readers coming in. They're the hot commodities. So I'm not here to compete with them or tell them they can't do it. My time is up. Now it's time for me to evolve. What else can I do? Read the room. Now, while I was in that room, I met Arthur, Dorothy Morrison, Kirk, um, uh, Mama Star, you know, I was meeting all kinds of people, right? So I'm grateful for that. And then I started also meeting people that had businesses that were teaching. So when I sat in rooms, I sat in with Dr. Umar, Dick, the elder Dick Gregory, Ibae. I sat in a room with, um, Massive people, for real. Not even the name drop. But while I was in there, I was learning from them. I was sitting in there, learning, listening, sitting at their feet. I'm the first one. I have a problem with taking my jacket, putting it on the floor, and sitting right there at their feet and listening or taking notes. So every room I went in, you know how they have that saying, read the room? Oh, I read the room. And I sat there with the elders. I sat there. I remember sitting at Dick Gregory's feet on the stage. And the sister, while he was sitting there talking, 
after everything was over, the sister walked and said, I was waiting for you to talk. I thought you was going to do it. Now, mind you, I've never spoken public then. He turned to me and he looked and said, sis, soon. He said, soon, you will be up on stages. I said, from your mouth to God's ears. He said, I don't need to. He said, I'm looking at you, and I know that's what you're going to do. From Dick Gregory, the elder, I hung with Dr. Umar, broke bread with him. He said, y'all need to start getting out here talking. Wasn't no competition. It wasn't no, I sat under Queen of Fua. Like, I sat with these people and listened to them and watched them and studied them. Not to be like them, but to see how they capture a room, how they capture an audience, how they tell their authentic stories. Because I knew one day, cards weren't going to be the only thing to sustain me. Right? So, I'm happy to know that the ancestors gave that energy. Yeah, these are the things we did. But you have to continue where we left off, not for the trauma, for the healing, to relearn, reteach, to look at those things, not with fear. Don't limit yourself. Don't sit and mimic someone else, but to be you. You came in this world with a destiny. Not to follow Ephah Bayo, not to sit and follow anyone else. To be you. Now, yes, I understand. I can go in the room and watch how people captivate the audience and see how people tell their stories or see how people act and how they stand and how they dress. By all means, I don't need to dress like them. But I notice that energy. And then I ask, well, what were the challenges that, that made you continue, that you had to face? And they sit there and they explain it. I don't need to do what you do. I need to see how you overcame when maybe you were in a breakup or when you thought you couldn't do it or if you had a bad review or people were sitting here dogging you out or your friends and family didn't support you. Like, what made you continue? And all of them said the same thing. It was bigger than them. I didn't sit and worry about the naysayers. You're going to get critics wherever you go. Whatever you do in life, you're going to get a critic. Somebody is not going to agree with you. Everybody is not going to ride with you. Your family and maybe your close friends will not support you and some will. Strangers may be the ones to uplift you. Or it might be your own children, your very blood or the person you're laying next to. It happens. Does it stop? No. The sun's still going to rise and set. Still going to have the seasons. And the world's still going to go on. Why can't you? Feel your feelings. Don't dumb down your emotions. But don't carry it. Heal from it. Why do we allow these things to happen? Why are we so attached to a man that maybe don't want us? Why do we have to be the superheroes in everybody's goddamn story? Why do we have to work harder for your dream and dim mine down or ignore mine? Why should I just go over and beyond or give you all my money when you're not adding to the pot? No, no. What are you doing? Why are you not carrying your own weight? Why do I have to do all this? What happened to me as a child that now I need to carry this over as a adult? Why do I always have to go and pick the 
Peter Pan guys, the one that needs help? Or why do I have to get the guys that I have to chase? It could be a plethora of reasons. Why do I have girlfriends that don't want to celebrate me, but all they want to do is sit around and gossip all day? What, what am I ignoring in myself that I have to sit around these kind of women? Why do I always need to sit around women that's worrying about who they fucking? Why? For what? I don't have a spinach pussy, so why am I sitting here doing this? Why do I need to bully people? Or why do I need to drain people of all their goddamn money for something spiritual? That it just might be for you to listen to them. Or maybe they just buy a candle. Why can't I pour into you? Why does so many people go, oh, I wanted to ask you, but I don't want to bother you. But yet and still, you'll go behind my back and sit there and be like, oh, she don't never answer me. How is that? No, no. Why people only love to be the victim in everybody's story, knowing that they're the ones that's doing wrong? Why do people throw rocks and hide their hands? What happened to you as a child or as a teenager that now you have to be a menace to everybody else's life so you can shine? You know, you don't have to blow out somebody else's candle for your candle to shine bright. What's wrong with fanning everybody's flames and let everybody shine bright so the whole room can be lit up? Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? But no, everybody got to live in competition. You know, a sister... Hit me up. Um, I, I, I have a great love for a lot of motivational speakers, right? I do. I have a great love for them, right? And I love the fact that they can go in the room and just command the audience, but also have people walking away better than what they came in. So I love that. To me, that's magic. So you have people that go, oh, I don't deal with the community. Oh, I'm not dealing with a lot of women. I don't trust women. Women don't like me. Well, I used to say that until a bunch of women really sat me down and said, do you know all women? No. Then what is it that you're finding that these women don't like you? What kind of women are you surrounding yourself with? And you know what? I was the problem. It wasn't them. It was me. Me thinking I'm better than everybody else. Me being arrogant egotistical, me not giving space to nobody, me just wanting all the attention. Why? Because I wasn't used to getting it. In the family of five and I was the baby, no, I wasn't getting all of it, you know? So I, I wanted to spoil this that my dad gave me that my mother didn't. So, you know, when I got around females, no, vow to me. And that's wrong. That's wrong. Sometimes you have to check your own shit. It's easy to pick up a magnifying glass. It's hard as hell to pick up a mirror. Again, the energy of the week. Making sure you don't carry those traumas, those dark spots, those negative traits, those horrible things that you've seen done. We don't want to become the very people that we're trying to heal from. We don't. We, we're not them. There's no more monsters. We're free. We're free. We're healing. We have forgiven. We have moved on. And if you haven't, then go back and see what part you miss and face it. 
And sometimes, yeah, we need therapy. Sometimes you need medication to balance out the imbalance. And it's okay. It doesn't make you, because people of color have this. I, I don't know about any other race, but I know people of color, oh, girl, they give you medicine. That means you're crazy. No, it's not. That means that somewhere there's an imbalance. And let's, let's fix that. Oh, doctors don't want to make you well. Doctors do some, you do the rest. So you do your mental, your physical, your spiritual, and your environment as well. That's healing. That's healing. What are you adding into you? What are you watching? Who are you talking to? Who are you allowing pouring into you? How is your home? Is it clean? Is it spacious? Do you have living plants in there? How's the color scheme? How is it? Is everything dark? Do you let sunshine in? Do you move your furniture around every so often? There's a lot to take in that when you have to change, when you are healing, can't just heal, oh, I'm going to heal from this man. No, babes. You got to heal mentally, physically, spiritually, and environmentally. If you still hang around girlfriends that are constantly saying what they're going to do and they never do, they're constantly being belittled by their man, they're constantly ignoring their kids, where they're going out eating lobster dinners and the kids are eating goddamn frankfurters, then no. How are you growing? You got to remove yourself and start healing. Real talk. I love you. Hey, there's a new community out called Ashe. Watch my, my Facebook page. Definitely Ifa Bayo on TikTok. I've posted it. You can hit up Baba Victor where you can grow with your spiritual experience. Where you are not tolerated but appreciated. Where you are accepted. It is a great community, and they have different outlets and different things. So hit them up if you want more details on how to join it. Don't forget, in May, we are going to be at the Detroit Hoodoo. Oh, man, come on. We all going to be there. And then also, grab my book, my journals. They're on Amazon. Let's do some shadow work. Let's do some healing. Journaling is beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. And follow me, y'all. I love y'all. Peace out.